almost lost my life doing drugs one night, and I thought, man, I've got to get out of this scene. Michael O'Brien would eventually become lead singer of the Christian band New Song, but not before a few more close calls. I ended up going back to the very thing that I was trying to get out of for a couple more years and nearly lost my life again. Michael O'Brien is our guest on this episode of GPS, God, People, Stories. I'm Phil Fleischman. And I'm Jim Kirkland. You're going to hear that Michael's problems didn't end when he gave up drugs and gave his life to Jesus. And then Billy Graham's going to share a short teaching on something close to Michael's heart. The Bible says there's coming a day when we're going to sing a new song. You put a new song in my mouth want to learn about the new song that Jesus wants to put in your heart? Check out this website, findpeacewithgod.net. That's findpeacewithgod.net. GPS. God. People. Stories. The Christian band New Song has been around since 1981. Over the years, they've produced a lot of albums and singles. They've also had a number of lead singers. I was a part of Sheltering Tree. I was a part of More Life. I was a part of the Christmas shoes, and I was a part of Rescue. Michael O'Brien was with New Song as the band's lead singer from 1999 to 2006. He'd been a Christian for about 12 years when he joined the group. Faith in Christ was not something that Michael had been exposed to in his home while he was growing up in Florida and Louisiana. His dad was an atheist, and his mom was very spiritual, trying lots of different spiritual practices, but no commitment to Christ. It wasn't until I was about 16 or 17 that I really even knew about who Christ was, but I really wasn't around people enough to be mentored, or I would kind of wanted to be a good kid, but the pressures of high school and all my friends just living a corrupt life, just I wanted to be, I was a people pleaser. So I pretty much dove into that world when I was 18, went to University of Southwestern Louisiana. I was a bartender. I managed bars in that area in Lafayette. It was there in Lafayette that Michael got into drugs and alcohol. And almost lost my life doing drugs one night. And I thought, man, I've got to get out of this scene. So I moved from Lafayette to Miami, Florida. <laughs> I know what you're thinking. It's not the the greatest place to move to get out of the drug scene. So I ended up going back to the very thing that I was trying to get out of for a couple more years and nearly lost my life again. Those brushes with death scared Michael to the point of running to a church one Sunday night in 1987. And I received Christ as my Savior that night, went back to the church the next day to kind of talk to their singles pastor. And he asked me what I did, and I told him I was a bar manager of a place called Cafe Flamingo at the time. And he literally told me I needed to quit my job. And I remember walking away thinking, I I can't. That's how I make my living. And so I went back to the bar scene. But shortly after that, I got fired for no good reason, actually. I kind of look back and think God fired me because I didn't have the courage to do it myself. He's been waiting all our lives to hear us say.
stranded at another restaurant, this time as a waiter. And in addition to waiting tables, Michael helped start a group called the Heritage Singers. It was made up of four guys and four women. We traveled around telling people about Jesus and singing about him. And that's kind of where I met my wife and, and how my life really started changing after that. The woman who would become Mrs. O'Brien is named Heidi, and she was a member of the Heritage Singers. One day I just noticed her. I don't know if the scales kind of fell from my eyes and I saw her for the first time, really. And I was mesmerized by her and I heard that she thought I was cute and I was so immature, man. I can't even tell you how horrible it was. Heidi and Michael got married. Actually, they eloped. Then they moved to California, left the group, and Michael took a job as a worship and young adult pastor. But after a while, Michael began to feel a stirring to move to Nashville. I have to say it was more selfish than anything. I can't say it was... I mean, I, I had a relationship with Christ once again, but I was really self-driven. I, I, I knew, I was like, I want a record deal, I, I, I. And man, it was just, when I got here for two years, I ended up going back into the restaurant business, and I was waiting on God, I was waiting on people, and just shortly after meeting people and writing with other you know, artists and other songwriters, I signed a, not a record deal, but a, a writing deal with a company, and then a year later, Benson Records heard some of my demos, and they offered me a record deal, and I signed it, and man, just obviously a lot of doors began to open, and I began to minister more. I had a booking agent, I had a manager, but after about a year and a half of that, I realized that I was building the cause of Michael O'Brien and not building the cause of Christ. For the glory of Christ. Once he realized that his priorities had gotten out of order, Michael allowed God to get him back on the right track. Then, in 1999, he joined New Song. We should mention, Phil, that New Song is the founder and host of the Winter Jam Tour, the nation's biggest annual Christian music tour. I had been gone probably 250 days that first year in 1999 when I first went. It, and it, and it was just not conducive for a healthy spiritual family. We're, we're just really messed up. My priorities were messed up. So Michael was once again dealing with misplaced priorities. And he's quick to point out that he's not blaming New Song for his struggle. In fact, he says New Song worked hard at scheduling downtime and making sure band members had breaks. For me, I was in the group, but I was also the songwriter of the group with Eddie. That's Eddie Carswell. If I was off the road, all the guys would maybe be off with their families. Eddie would be in town and we'd be writing. Or I would be the main singer on the album, so I would be in the studio singing. And they were down in Atlanta and we were in Nashville, so it's really not New Song's fault. Michael's schedule was taking a serious toll on his wife, Heidi, who was back at home struggling with depression. We had just had our fourth child, and she had been in a hospital during the summer or it might have been the fall, for an evaluation. So he said, I, in a psychiatric ward because she was becoming suicidal and didn't want to get up. And, and so for two days she was there, and basically the doctor said, Mrs. O'Brien, it's a lot easier to check yourself into a mental hospital than it is to be angry at your husband. That anger would come, though. It came as Heidi's healing progressed. But Michael pushed back against it because in his eyes he was doing ministry. He was seeing thousands of kids come to Christ at New Song concerts. So you begin to think that it's all about you again. And you don't realize 
well, at least I didn't. I didn't realize it was really the Spirit of God convicting the hearts. It wasn't me. And he didn't need me. He really didn't need me. So for two or three years, I was out there just thinking, Heidi, just get happy. Go to, go to counseling. Well, she did start getting better. And she started releasing some of this anger. And I started getting bitter. That went on for about three years. And then God, once again, convicted the heart. And I, I began to realize it really was me. And I had to repent really, really quickly. It wasn't just pride and insensitivity that Michael had to repent of during that time. If a guy looks at another woman with lust, he's committed adultery. Well, I had already passed that and gotten into a physical relationship with somebody, but never full-blown adultery, but no matter how you look at it, it's adultery. And after that experience, I literally got ill, almost to the point where I was well, not, I was nauseous, and I was like, what is going on here? I, I felt so horrible. The guilt and shame was unbelievable. And some people, don't, they, they try to get away from that because they don't want to feel that. But I knew it was the Holy Spirit. I knew it was God. And he was not going to allow me to do this any longer. And so I cut that relationship off and began to pour into my wife. And, and at that point, honestly, she didn't even know what had gone down. When Michael finally told Heidi about four years later, she was devastated. But she forgave Michael, and they've worked through their struggles together. Actually, they continue to work through their struggles together, including Heidi's depression. Heidi's a lot better. I mean, she still struggles with it. But I think she would tell you after she went to counseling, she was beginning to understand her role in this as well. I mean, she's up at 5.30 every morning in the Word. And I'm, you know, I'm up at 6 in the Word. We, and then we come together and we're in the Word together, you know, after that. So it's, it's us battling with the sword, which is the Word of God. And they see promises from the Word of God proven in their life. Promises about God working all things for the good of those who love Him. Promises about Christ never leaving your side. And promises about marriage. It's a covenant that we, we made a long time ago, even though we were eloping. And it was on some day, March 3rd, 1989, in a courthouse in, in Dallas, Texas. We've stayed true to the fact that, you know, in, in goods and the bad times, we're going we're gonna to stick together. And, and we, we believe that honors God. So I think ultimately, in the long run, we, we just give praise. We're gonna, if we're going to boast, we're going to boast in the Lord. He's the one that's the hero of this story. Michael said that Jesus is the hero of his and Heidi's story. Well, he can be the hero of your story, too. No story is too bad or too inconsequential for him to handle. You can learn more at this website, findpeacewithgod.net. That's findpeacewithgod.net. Michael says he and Heidi's healing started in 2003, and he left New Song in 2006. But he's still writing music. And in just a minute, he'll share how his writing has been affected by the storms he and Heidi have been through. You're listening to GPS, God, People, Stories, a podcast production of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. The Bible says there's coming a day when we're going to sing a new song. Billy Graham. There are several types of music and several types of songs that are mentioned in Scripture. The first one is the song of salvation. 
It's the song of a soul that has just come to know Jesus Christ as personal Savior. And then the Bible speaks also of the song of service, the thrill of following Christ, the thrill of working for Jesus Christ. And then the Bible speaks of the songs in the night. Yes, the songs that Jesus gives under adverse circumstances and in most depressing moments, Jesus can give a song. And then there's another song that is spoken of in the scripture, and it's entitled The New Song. The Bible says when I stand on the other side and we gather around the marriage supper of the Lamb and the banquet in the sky takes place, we're going to join in singing that new and glorious song. I'm going to be in that number that day, are you? You can be if you give your heart and your life to Jesus Christ. If you'd like to hear the rest of that message, check out the Billy Graham Audio Archives on BillyGrahamRadio.org. Search for the message title, Songs in Scripture. Now back to the hosts of GPS, Jim Kirkland and Phil Fleischman. Franklin Graham is holding an outreach in Vancouver, British Columbia this weekend. Would you be praying for it and the people who attend, even if you're hearing this after the outreach is over? It's called the Greater Vancouver Festival of Hope with Franklin Graham. Our guest on this episode of GPS has been singer-songwriter Michael O'Brien. He says his songwriting changed as a result of the way God has carried his wife and him through their struggles together. I used to write from the outside in. As a songwriter, you're always looking, hey, what's really popular, and try to write something like that. Now I write, now I write songs from the inside out, and it's basically whatever experiences I may be going through is, you know, my faith, the questions I may have, um, I try to capture in a song. I use a lot of uh, a scripture, uh, write a lot of songs to scripture. We thank Michael for sharing his story on this episode. Uh, we thank New Song for sharing their music, and we thank you for sharing your time to listen. I'm Jim Kirkland. And I'm Phil Fleischman. Since we're talking about sharing, just a reminder that you can share this episode of GPS on Facebook. GPS, God, People, Stories. It's an outreach of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. Always good news. Stay with you.